0: Hello and welcome to HR on the Grapevine, the HR Grapevine podcast that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a 10-minute podcast. So, join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined by Jade Burke, online editor at Recruitment Grapevine, who is responsible for overseeing all of the recruitment and resourcing content. But not only that, she's got a nose for a great HR scoop and tracked down two of our splashiest stories last month, including a cover feature interview with GHG and a controversial feature on whether or not lipstick should be banned at work. So welcome, Jade. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me today. In this week's podcast, the story that we've chosen to unpick is one that we titled, Is this the most extreme work routine ever? So in a nutshell, the story is about a development manager who took to LinkedIn claiming that he starts at around 3.30 each day. Um, Breaking down his early morning routine for LinkedIn, he says that before he leaves work, he obviously gets up at 3.30, crams in a wealth of activities such as meditation, breath work, content creation and consumption, Qui-Gong body movement and a physical workout as well. Um, So not only was this one of our top performing stories, it also shone a light on some core HR issues, including flexible working with burnout. So Jade, what are your thoughts on this story from a flexible working perspective?
1: Yeah, certainly it's very interesting. I myself couldn't imagine getting out of bed at 3am to kickstart my day, that's for sure. But purely because I enjoy sleeping and getting at least (laughs) eight or nine hours in a a night, yeah. Um, But obviously this individual's routine certainly is something to marvel at. I would only worry about the impact it could possibly have on his mind and body,
0: mm.
1: potentially doing that every day could be quite damaging in that in that sense, you know, he goes on to say that he get, walks out the door at 7.30am, so I would then imagine he's got a whole day ahead of him, like maybe an 8 or 9 hour working day, so it's quite a long period of time to sustain having woken up that early for sure. And this just screams to me that perhaps a better work-life balance may be needed so that he could still enjoy his own hobbies at home during the working day rather than having to wake up at the crack of dawn just to cram Mm. them in, for example. I mean, according to the Gov site online, it does say that employees can apply for flexible working if they've worked continuously for the same employer for the last 26 weeks. So to me, this sounds like would be actually a great option for this person because he could then perhaps... Maybe start work earlier in the day, so or work from home, for example. So he could do these during the day while whilst working. And exercise while working is is a great great um thing to do. Um, so it it certainly would be something. I think he should consider, and maybe his employer should be thinking about as
0: well. Absolutely, and from a lot of the conversations that we've been having in in the team recently with HR directors, um, it seems as if there is a a lot of interest. Yeah, um, definitely you know inflexible working particularly given the changing nature of work it's not what it used to be yes um and i guess in that sense the story could be viewed from two different perspectives so from one perspective it could be viewed that the onus falls on the employer um to make sure that the employee isn't so bogged down by workloads that they're having to get up ridiculously early in order to cram all of that in but then again on the flip side is it the employee's fault for taking on too much in their personal life that it's actually intruding on their professional yeah, schedule?
1: absolutely. You know,
0: either way, having this always on culture um, and kind of like the concept of, tradition, you know, modern day um, side hustling can be damaging to well-being, particularly if it's sustained over a long period yeah. of time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, and you know you need. I need mean, to look through LinkedIn and various different posts where people are bragging about you know their early starts and what they get up to before the working day kicks off. We even got a comment in from one of our readers when we published this story, um, who said she actually beats this time and gets up at two thirty a.m. So even earlier. <laughs> um, she wrote into us saying that she gets up at two thirty a.m. most weekdays, so she can walk mm. or run with her dogs ride her horses and things like that and that's all before she she starts work at 7 30. Again it probably sounds like a very long working day for her but she does reveal to us that she does this out of necessity more than anything because she won't be able to fit anything everything else in around her working day but she does go on to tell us as well that she loves the early morning solitude and she enjoys feeling energized Mm. before the working day kicks off which this provides her with so there's obviously reasons why many people do this for sure. But perhaps more employees are rising because they, they enjoy you know, that kind of lark attitude, you know, someone that yeah. does rise early, so they can get more things done before the day ends and you know, they're 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 Guess at it home works doing for nothing. Some people, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, for sure I think this puts a spin on it for HR that they should be putting in place different methods to support those employees because there are clearly are so many of them in the workforce today mm. before today, speaking with you so far I had a look at some research by Extensia Group um, alongside an agency called CensusWise earlier this year and they asked over 1,000 indoor workers about their working habits including when they felt more productive and things such as that it found that over half of those surveyed which I think was about 53% or so felt they were more productive in the morning so therefore this really does indicate to me that you know putting in place different hours for for, you know so people can have that flexibility so they can choose their own working hours would work very well yeah i know within the recruitment industry there's also an agency called ox7 talent partners and and they do something very similar whereby they don't put hours in or sorry they don't have separate hours for each employee should i say Whereby the employee actually chooses when they start and finish work, and and they're trusted to do their eight or nine hours a day wherever they they please essentially. So, I think that's really interesting that, that this the tides are, t- are turning and employers are taking note and you know making putting these changes in place.
0: Absolutely, and I think what you just said there about trust is really really critical uh, yeah. because a lot of companies are starting to trust. Their employees more and more, and yeah. uh, you know, rolling out these flexible working policies. Um, so, Skyscanner, Telefonica, Unilever are just a couple of examples of employees that have already got these policies in place. Okay, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, flexible working is a good option to consider when, yeah, when reviewing so. this story. Um, but then again, it might not be an overall fix for busy daily routines. So, I think it's, you know, the employer needs to take the time to review. Yeah the case almost on an individual level um to determine why the employee is getting up at this time is it out of choice and if and if that is the case then that's absolutely fine Um, or is it out of necessity in order to be able to complete those workplace tasks you know there's there's lots of different things to consider with that definitely but you know what we were saying about it not being sustainable getting up really early every day and not getting enough sleep etc um, could lead to the issue of burnout, and that's the next HR issue that we'll be focusing on right. um, for the duration of the podcast. Um, yep. And, you know, it is becoming an increasing issue, um, so severe, actually, that earlier this year, the World Health Organisation, or the WHO, officially identified it as a disease. Yes. Um, so I think, actually, that's really good in shining a light on how important... Um, you know s- steering away from burnout yeah, in these always on cultures is, um, so you know, there's actually been a couple of examples that we were, ch- were chatting about earlier, yeah. Um, particularly, you know, successful entrepreneurs seem to hit headlines yeah, over this. So, definitely. take Elon Musk, for example, um, he has reportedly been found falling asleep under the desk, um, and employees have caught him camping out in the office yeah. for days upon days just to try and meet you know crazy yeah. targets. Um, and, you know, of course, sometimes there might be an time instance demand, where, yeah. where you need to maybe put in a little bit yeah, of extra time here or there, but sustaining that is, is really, really quite a dangerous thought. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, some of the recent stats um, we've found um, really highlight the prevalence, yeah, particularly in the definitely. US.
1: I, yeah, I think that's very interesting to me because as a CEO of a, of a huge company, it just shows no one is immune from burnout, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, a recent study by Gallup I found um, earlier today actually proves this. It was um, a study of 7,500 employees and it found that 23% reported feeling burnt out at work very often or always, while an additional 44% reported feeling burnt out sometimes. So I think that really indicates how how often people are feeling burnt out and how more perhaps needs to be done, you know, for example, through things like flexible working, just to give people that kind of space away from the office or you know so they can like find a quiet place so they can work and feel a bit mm. more refreshed and things like that and to actually cope with their workload
0: yeah absolutely and like how we picked apart the flexible working aspect, I think there are various ways again to look at this from a burnout point of view. Yes, um, you know there are huge problems between blurring the lines with personal and professional yeah. life, particularly in the case of Elon Musk. If it's a company that he has kind of developed from, you know, concepts yeah, right yeah, yeah. right through to it, you know, where we're at now. Yeah, he's he's had an incredible effort to get it to where it is now. Um, so of course you would be more. Um, I guess, willing to put in the extra hours yeah, or whatever. I suppose so, yes. Even if it's going to have a huge impact on your actual yeah, well-being. because
1: I guess it's his company yeah. who founded it, so...
0: But then again, you know, HR could step in and have the chat offer some kind of support mechanisms to yeah. prevent burnout and to kind of help them get back on, Definitely. back on track of their well-being. But then again, you know, the problem becomes more complex if the employee is senior, particularly if it's someone that's heading the company yes. and sat in the driving seat um because they they may feel that they're not burnt out yeah. even if everyone else is saying otherwise. Um so I think, you know, HR having that intervention and trying to stamp out early signs of burnout yes. before it's too yeah, late. Yeah. It's not only, you know, imperative for the employee, it's an actual business necessity as well yeah, to keep the cogs turning. So
1: Yeah, I think that's essential for HR to I mean, they're the people function after all, they're there to look after the people. So Without HR having that kind of, I guess, that stance on it and to, to actually highlight burnout as an issue that does happen, mm. um, it would be detrimental to the business, to the people in, in the business as well, and ultimately they are the ones running it. So it's essential for HR to, to get that right, I think, and to really take a look at it and, and be active in their approach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've, we've picked apart two core HR issues there flexible working and burnout. Yes, and you know. Yeah. From the conversations that we've just had, not only that, but also the stats highlight how important yes. it is for employers to be taking flexible working and, you know, burnout seriously. Yeah, definitely. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. So thank you so much, Jade, for participating.
1: No problem at all. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to take part in the first one.
0: HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's through daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events or market leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which also showcases solutions and answers to best HR practice, please visit www.hrgrapevine.com.